Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. Well, it's always a nice transition, even if if uh, unwarranted when one team craps the bed and then two other teams are like emerging into their season. You can just jump onto the wild preseason bandwagon and the wolves preseason bandwagon. That's I felt that last night. I'm like, you know, Vikings, if you're going to lose like that, you're going to score seven points. I don't need you anymore. I got, I got Anthony Edwards and Kirill Kaprizov in my life, both at the same time playing exhibition games. GD right. Mm-hmm. That was, uh, yeah, I uh, w- was at the X, and uh, you know what? 97, still good at hockey, I can confirm. That's I'm, good. I'm breaking this story. Breaking. He's still I good. feel like that was the debate between uh, his good. weird, shady Russian agent and the wild front office. It was, I don't I know if he's comply. still good at hockey. He was, worth, he was worth the pain in the ass o- over the offseason to get the payoff once the season starts. It's good. Mm-hmm. It's good. Um, well, and may- maybe maybe that'll come up here on today's edition of Who Gets It, Who Doesn't. I will say we have carved out – we're going to do Who Gets It, Who Doesn't like normal, and then we have like a carved out segment for one person in particular that doesn't get it, that we're going to devote extra time to here. But uh, I- I'd love to tee off first here. Hit the first tee ball because I have maybe a shocker for you guys for who gets it, who doesn't. Okay. Who gets it? Glenn Taylor for being the straw that stirs the drink that we saw last night in the first preseason game for rallying the Timberwolves organization. They just needed to cut the cancer out of the organization. And I give Glenn Taylor full credit for his foresight his great leadership for rallying this franchise. They played with joy last night. They love each other. They clearly don't care, the players and the coaches, about the front office turmoil and shakeups. In fact, I think it has brought everyone together. There's like 11 or 12 legitimate NBA players worth of depth on this team. Anthony Edwards looks shredded. Carl Anthony Towns looks shredded. You got sniper shooters all over the court like Torian Prince and Malik Beasley, Glenn Taylor, I apologize for ever saying a crossword about you. You see the playing field from 50,000 feet above all of us. That is the most insincere who mm-hmm. gets it that this show has ever experienced Easily. in a limited time. I can admit when I'm so wrong. I can admit when I'm wrong. I mean, forget the fact that it's preseason game one. Just the fact that you brought up Glenn Taylor. Oh is, I feel like you're trying oh to God. offset the, the who 
doesn't get it conversation that deserves its own segment. I feel like you're setting us up for at least a little bit of uh, balance from people who own teams in this town who clearly no, all don't I, get it. I'm willing to admit when all of us are playing checkers and one man is yeah. playing chess. Yeah, just And wait. that's what I saw last night yeah, on the court. Know, a month and a half from now, Glenn's going to do something stupid, and you're going to explode, and I'm going to remind you of this sarcastic, back, backhanded compliment. Yeah, Declan, I, save this. Bookmark this. I will, I will say, right, this. Do, do whatever I, you want to do to mark it. Although my tongue is pressed firmly against my cheek <laughs> for the Glenn Taylor portion of this, I legitimately was guzzling Wolves Kool-Aid last night. I mean, they. Right. I get that it was the first preseason game, but even Balmaro, you know, the— the young kid that they brought over, he's one of the, the three legitimate players they uh, they drafted a couple years back. Sweet pass. Um, that pa- I retweeted the pass. Uh, our guy Key Sang, too, noted Wolves Twitter and uh, uh, blogger face. It's it's this ridiculous, like, I think he might have thrown it between a defender's legs, it awesome. but it's this sort of no-look bounce pass in the lane. He's going um, Ricky. Full Ricky. It was full Ricky. It was full And Ricky. I'll tell you what. Uh, Torian Prince, I think, because he can shoot threes, is just a better addition to this team than than Ricky. But the whole thing, it was like, there's been times throughout the last few years, especially the end of the Tom Thibodeau era, uh, and even like last year at times, where this team just looked like they were miserable. It's like, why aren't you guys having fun? You're young. You got some personality. Uh, but it kind of feels like they nailed the coach in terms of buy-in and uh, the defensive energy. And if Anthony Edwards... This is the first preseason game. If he brings that level of Dwayne Wade energy to every minute that he plays, he's going to be a problem this year. So uh, I know that everything I just said is a huge overreaction because well, yeah. it is the first exhibition game, but it was it was fun to watch the Timberwolves. That is a nice pass. That 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 is Ricky Circa his first year. That was a very nice pass. I just watched it. I it's hadn't seen it. I'm and very he, impressed. And, he, and he's like you know five deep on the bench to start the season. I love that, that guy. I love your enthusiasm. It's heartwarming right now. So just, maybe game, just go easy on Glenn, okay? Pieces. You guys are always so hard on Glenn here. I just want to oh. make sure we're being fair, all right? Oh, fair God, and balanced, yeah. the Mackey and yeah. Judd show. Okay. <laughs> Should I go now? <laughs> fair and balanced. Fair, yeah, okay. fair and balanced. You guys are so negative. I hate you guys. But I yeah, we, we actually changed our website to clickbait.com. Clickbait North. Clickbait North. Negative.com. North. Click North. That's my website, negative.com. You're always so negative. I don't understand the negativity surrounding Zim and Cousins. I don't know. Have you watched the game? <laughs> you watched yeah. the game. <laughs> I don't. They scored seven points. They scored on their first drive, and I, I elected 14. to turn the game off yeah. at that point, so I didn't see the rest of the game. What happened? I, well, I got, like, three tweets from people that were really, like, harsh about, oh, come on, or something. And so I, you know, tweet them back, and I'm not a a, a jackass, but... And the tweets I get back from them are, oh, oh, I didn't watch the rest of the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I think, yeah. Also, like, the mission statement on this show is Mackie and Judd, daily sports entertainment, and we want titles, damn it, right? Purple Daily, we want to see the Vikings win a Super Bowl before we die. So that's the bar. Those are the expectations. And when our teams fall woefully short, if you don't like when we rip them, maybe we're not for you, but we appreciate those of you who get it and who are uh, part of the club. I have only one question, though. If that is your mission in life, where will your soul rest when you die, Phil Mackey? Because oh. I saw that question presented on Twitter last oh, night. Oh, yeah, I did. Your yeah, soul. No. <laughs> or not question. It was basically a statement saying you're going you know, to hell. Viking, Vikings losses bring out 
I think the worst in everyone. Mm-hmm. They bring out the worst in me for sure. They bring out the worst in just random people on the internet. Yeah, this guy. This guy was. You know, we were in a back and forth about shocking Kirk Cousins' contract. So, the, so Kirk Cousins' contract is the subject matter. Okay, Relatively meaningless in the grand scheme of life, right? Yeah, yeah. And he says, <laughs> uh, "I don't even know how to pronounce this word. Uh, idolatry." Yeah, like, the, like the state of idolizing someone. Yeah. Okay. Idolatry is a hell of a drug at Phil Mackey. We want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die? Question mark. You better be worried about where your soul will be for eternity instead of worrying about idolizing a man who God. plays football. Because <laughs> oh, you know, Kirk and, Kirk and Donnie boy are going <laughs> right. They're going to ascend. Go repent, man. All right. Listen, man. I'm just saying, if Kirk can't beat the Lions, I think those mm. gates are shut. Okay. That's well, all I'm going to say. Well, I... Well, I am more than happy to to mock Phil's excitement about game one of the Wolves preseason. Let me go across town where I'm going to tell you, you know who gets it? The Wild for finally putting a first line together that yeah. looks like a first line. Yep. Um, this is amazing. So Kaprizov, Kaprizov <laughs> debuts last night, and, and for the first time in the exhibition games, we see Kaprizov, Erickson Heck, Zuccarello. All together. And you know what it looked like? It looked like an official real first line, not a a uh, hard-working guy, which is what Ryan Hartman was when he was in between Kaprizov and Zuccarello last year, and not Victor Rask, who's been moved to wing but was still on the second line, and I'm confused about that, but this is who gets it. And the Wild gets it for putting together a first line that I think is going to stick. And the other thing is, and I want you hockey fans to watch this closely. The other thing is what we're going to see from that line, and Dex and I have, have talked about this, and in fact talked about it with friend of the show, Billy Garen, a couple weeks ago when he joined us on Judd's Hockey Show. Um, what this line's also going to do is it shows you the positionless nature of the sport now. Erickson Eck does some things. He, he's still he's incredibly responsible, and he is very good at what he does. But he also does some things that wings used to do he goes to the front of the net and screens the goaltender because Zuccarello and Kaprizov are are such play makers and have abilities that good uh players at the pivot used to have that it works out perfectly and so it's really a positionless line and Zuccarello made a pass to Kaprizov last night to set up Kaprizov's goal that was absolutely beautiful I guess I'm going down the same path Phil did, but it's <laughs> nice to amazing. see. Yeah, you better keep your mouth shut when I'm but guzzling Wolves Kool Aid. Exactly right, but it's <laughs> nice. But it, but it's nice to see there might be flaws in the rest of the lines, but I like seeing the fact that this team has finally established a first line that really is just a first line. See what happens when the Vikings lose in ugly fashion. Right. We're forced elsewhere. We just we we go elsewhere, and it's We're just full. We've just fully bought in now until those teams disappoint us. Mm-hmm. How many are mm-hmm. we? Is this was this the third wild? Preseason game? Mm-hmm. It's a deck. Third or fourth, yeah. Yes, yeah, is the yeah. third or fourth. St. Louis, Colorado. St. Louis yeah. last week. Colorado last week. And yep. now they've got three at home. This week they got uh, the Blues on Wednesday and the mm-hmm. Blackhawks on Thursday. And, I mean, I can t- tell you right now, I'm I'm going to both because uh, I love watching this team. <laughs> That's uh, it's fun. No, these are, at the very least, these are going to be fun winter teams to watch. I mean, the Wild already took that step and became a legitimate, you know, Play, I wouldn't say playoff contender yet, but like they're on that cusp. Yeah, that's um, very fair. And and the Timberwolves, if last night was any indication, they at least have a full stable of NBA players. Like they don't need to play Jake Lehman for twenty seven minutes if they don't want to. 
anymore. Oh, but I, and a credit to Gerson Rosas, I guess, for assembling this <laughs> roster before getting fired. You know, before they blew him out. You know who gets it. <laughs> story within a story before I get to who gets it. I had a dream about Jake Lehman last night dropping 40 points in a game and us talking about it on who gets it, who doesn't. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Oh my gosh! So he did, you just, I did see one of his quotes of like, "This is going to be like you're going to." I think he might have even. It's possible he used Jake Lehman in the third person when he was talking about himself, but he said, "This is like the year. Like he's yeah. done messing around. He's unlocked. He's going to be. Yeah, this is it. And I'm here for it. If yeah. that's the case, I just yeah, don't you know, know how he's going to climb up to like you know eighth on the depth chart to get minutes. But we'll see. All right, back to you who jumped gets it, about who Jake Lehman. Yeah, I jumped about. So... I don't want to go any further into why that happens. So, so I don't get it. My dreams wait. don't get it. My dreams don't get it. Wait, wait, wait! I don't think that's fair for you to bring up the dream and then not extrapolate if there's some I, weird. I, it's a podcast, man. Tell us. I'm all sure about I it. saw that tweet. I know the exact one Phil's talking about because I saw Dane Dane Moore, friend of the show, tweet about it yesterday, and then we talked about it. In my dream yesterday on who gets it, who doesn't, and now here we are, here I am, full circle, curb your enthusiasm moment, talking about Jake Lehman in the present wow. day. So I, I don't know why Jake Lehman entered my dream, but friend of the show, Jake Lehman, you're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, I'm going to stick, though, in St. Paul with Judd and kind of piggyback off his top line point and say the Minnesota Wild get it for finally empowering Joel Erickson Eck into a top line role. So last year, he's always been a very defensive sound forward. But he did start to score a little bit more. And even with Bill Guerin, who was on with us two weeks ago, I kind of said, Billy, I don't think this guy has really even still hit his offensive ceiling yet, and he doesn't score any fancy goals. Billy disagreed with me. Billy said, actually, he does have the ability to score big-time goals. So this is from uh, Jay Fresh Hockey. He has a Patreon account, and he basically takes offense and defense, and he makes it into a percentile of war, um, wins above replacement, and percentiles around the league. So... For our, I'll go nerdy here. The visual audience can see this well. For our audio audience, I'll explain. So last year, he was in the 81 percentile for war forwards. So in terms of forwards in the NHL, he was in the 81 percentile. He was a very good And and war is just like all-encompassing. How are you as a scorer, as a defender, et cetera. It's everything. 50 being average, 100 being elite. So as you can see in the left side there, offense and defense involving uh, in, in, in his war there. He's 92 percentile in his offense last year. He was a very good player, and his defense was elite at 97%. But you see that little red marker for the visual audience says 20%. He isn't a good finisher necessarily. He doesn't have a nice natural scoring touch. I think with playing with Kirill Kaprizov and Matt Zuccarello, that number is going to only go up. And last year, yeah, he was a responsible guy. He's a pest. He's a, he's a pain in the ass to play against. But now that he's in a top-line role of Matt Zuccarello and Kirill Kaprizov, I think you are going to start seeing a guy who did score 19 goals last year, and that being the new norm for him. Is he going to be a 30-40 goal scorer? Probably not. But he is going to be someone who is able to score about 20 goals a night and get garbage, greasy goals, and also show that he's not just a guy who stands in front of the net and gets lucky. He can actually finish, too, with guys like Kirill Kaprizov and Matt Zuccarello helping him out. There it is. That's your... Get those nerds! 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 I like it. Look at us right now. Nerdy. So nerdy. Just all you in. You guys are so all in, baby. Neg- you guys are always so negative. So negative. <laughs> that score north is negative. Clickbait north. So negative. Now you're too positive. Stop you being di- so positive. Why dial it be, back. Why don't you be negative about the Wolves for let's, once? Or let's throw wild. it back to Judd here because I actually have one that has nothing to do with sports at all whatsoever. Oh. So go ahead, Judd. Thank you very much. Um, I went old school, and I clipped this from the... Pioneer Press, I'm showing it uh, to our, our 
<laughs> viewers, who doesn't get it? Oh, and boy. the headline is... So you're going to rip Twins writers or Sano here? Sano <laughs> plans to shed 30 pounds in offseason. That is the headline. Who doesn't get it are, is anybody, Twins writers, Twins bloggers, Twins fans, who believes this nonsense? How many times have we heard Miguel Sano is going to get in great shape and he's going to work hard? And you know what? Initially, he does. And he can lose 30 pounds in a snap. That's not the problem. He's done it. We've seen it. Here's the problem. Miguel Sano loses weight like normal people do, which is to say he goes on the diet. He's a yo-yo dieter. He drops the pounds. And then he celebrates. Oh, my God, I've lost all this weight. Look at how great I look. This is fantastic. Let's go to Murray's. Let's go to Manny's. Let's go to Ruth Christ's. And he gains it all back. And the other thing he doesn't get and nobody helps him with is baseball is the one sport where you actually have problems gaining weight during your season. So it's easy when you're focused in the winter on taking off the pounds. It's difficult during the season when you're traveling and playing late night games. And, yes, you get a lot of exercise playing baseball, but it's not a cardio sport like basketball. You do a lot of sitting around. You do a lot of standing around. And so the who doesn't get it is any of us who are gullible enough to buy this nonsense that this is going to be the the winter in which Miguel Sano, if finally all clicks and he drops the weight and he looks fantastic. I guarantee you when spring training starts, he might look really good. Don't be fooled. We've heard it before. If you can trade him trade him i'm so tired of this song and dance and at this point it's on us it's on us okay let's actually take a trip here through the uh, the twins clips dating back multiple years all right this 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 literally took me 30 seconds to find three articles from three different seasons okay okay so 2017 espn.com um the Minnesota Twins have concerns with Miguel Sano that may extend beyond the shin injury that landed the slugger on the disabled list on Sunday. The Twins are concerned with Miguel Sano's weight and how it may have contributed to the injury. According to my information, this is Jim Suhan, Sano's weight has gradually risen all season. It is now well above 260 pounds, which is the number listed on the Twins roster. He might be 25 pounds heavier than that. The next season, Miguel Sano, quote, I'll lose weight and get in better shape. Sano's weight jumped to a reported 290 pounds earlier in the season. And then this one from January 14th, 2020, fueled by new $30 million deal from Twins, Miguel Sano set to build off his breakout season in Minnesota. And the main crux of this article is about getting in the best playing shape of his oh, man. life. Yes. Oh, so this God. is on us now. <laughs> Don't believe this. This headline is is rinse and repeat. Sano plans to shed 30 pounds in offseason. We've heard it. Phil read it. Don't believe it. It's, it's going to happen, and then he's going to gain all the way back, and we're going to have the same problems. And he's also now going to not go home as much, and he's going to work on his craft and blah, blah. Oh, I, He's now going to work on hitting the ball the other way. Whoa. Again, how oh, many times have we heard his dad? This man, in the midst of his big league career, had to be sent down to Class A to get his himself in shape. Okay? I'm just done. 
Well, it should just be like a base level prerequisite if you're a professional athlete that yeah. you just like you you're you're within like five or ten pounds of the weight that you're. By the way, if you're if you're not on the nose in the NFL, you get fined during training camp, right? Like, yeah. here's the weight you need to be at. If you're yeah. a pound over, you get fined. Yep. Um, so the fact that this has been a story for five years, and the fact that now you've got you know, I, and there's a new regime of like twins media and stuff too. It's like, and some of them probably didn't weren't around four or five years ago when these notions and quotes were coming out the first time. But come on, dude, you're almost thirty years old. That's you've made thing. millions of dollars. Like it's. You kind of are who you are at that it's point. It's pastime too. And I like, get that it's not he hit, go time. He hit thirty home runs. Like it's thirty of Pass the time. most hollow, meaningless home runs in Twins yes. history. So. Yes. Anyways, uh, Dex, do you have one more? Yeah. Before I get to my uh, my scenario for you guys. Yes, I have one more. Um, who I'll do a who gets it. Actually, I'm going to save the Kirk one for another day because I want to come with the right takes and I don't want to don't want it to come so. off the wrong way. Because because the last thing I want to do on this show is negatively skew my perception or anyone's perception of the starting quarterback for the uh, Minnesota Vikings. Why do you guys hate Kirk Cousins? I know. God, we're just the worst. We are the absolute worst. Kirk is a man of God as well. It's in God's hands. Yeah, and I'm glad God's hands are have us one and three. Uh, The month of October. I'll say who gets it. The month of October, because the NHL preseason has started. The NBA season's about to start. MLB playoffs start this week with the wild card weekend. NFL teams are taking shape. Yes, the month of October, I think, is actually, and we've done the power ranking of months before on the Mackie and Judd show because we love ranking things, but the month of October in the sports calendar season, I think, is the absolute best month of the year. Hockey, basketball's back, baseball playoffs, NFL teams are finally taking shape. I think it's the, it's the best time of year to be a sports fan in the month of October. October gets it. It's a blast. It is a blast. You get the fall weather. You know, it's yeah, I love the fall weather. Everything is happening. A little it's chilly awesome. outside. Yeah. Anticipation. It's a blast. Actually, that's kind of a good segue because so I'm out here in the Pacific Northwest and I just wanted a little taste of relevant October baseball. Yeah. And so last <laughs> oh, yeah. last Friday, my wife and I went to the oh, Mariners Angels game. The Mariners came up one game shy uh, on Sunday. Actually, it might have been two because they lost, but like they were still in the playoff hunt, packed stadium, something that we just didn't get this year with the Minnesota Twins, right? So my, I guess my who doesn't get it is, in my opinion, the guy on a scooter that scoots up to my wife and I, five or six blocks from the stadium. And there's some people around. It wasn't like a dark alley situation. It's like this guy comes up. He's got like a Seahawks jersey on. And he's kind of in a panic. And we're, we're at a stoplight waiting for the crosswalk to turn to the walk sign. And, uh, and he scoots up and he says, hey, hey, I don't mean to be this guy, but my phone just died and I'm trying to get a hold of my friends. We're going to the game. Can I borrow one of your phones? And then he pulls his phone, his iPhone out of his pocket and shows us like, which is, he just, he just shows us like an iPhone that the screen is off and says, see, my phone is dead. What would you guys do? Oh, this is simple ahead, for me. Zero chance. I I would say sorry, dude. I can't do that. I I couldn't. Um, in, in fact, I did this once in the flip phone flip phone days at the Minneapolis St. Paul Airport while waiting for Don by the baggage carousel, and somebody came up and said the, the same thing and was not on a scooter, so couldn't drive away quickly with my phone. Exactly. And, and I said, okay, um, this is. 15 years ago and i think it was a woman she used the phone shortly thereafter 
like a cop came up to me and he's like, did someone use your phone? I'm like, yeah. He goes, uh, yeah, she, she was like, we're, we're trying to find her. her. She's a something. She had done something like it. But anyway, long story short, I, if you don't, my conclusion now is if you don't know somebody, they're not using my phone. There's too much that there, there's no upside for me. Yeah. All right, Dex, what would you have done? I, I would have done the exact same thing you did. I, I, I grew up in the in St. Paul, the beautiful St. Paul, my entire life. I learned how to ride the Metro bus when I was 13 years old because my middle school was about nine miles from my house growing up and was out of my district in St. Paul. So I have been used to people um, coming up to me, asking me for things, asking for money, asking for a phone, asking for this, this, and that, and I've had no problem ever saying no. I still live in the North Loop. People still come up over there asking for spare chains or asking for using a phone or a situation like this. I have no problem being a stone-faced killer and just saying absolutely not. Yeah. So I looked no at problem. this guy. First of all, don't even ask that question. It's Correct. 2021, and you have an iPhone that just needs to be charged, it looks like. Correct. That's so, your problem. And, he, and it's funny. He was on the corner of the intersection that we were at, literally a coffee shop, where you probably could have walked in there. There's probably multiple people with iPhone chargers. There's probably an iPhone charger behind the desk somewhere. Go buy a coffee. Get an, you know, get an iPhone charger. Yeah. And so I looked at him, and I said, no, dude. Like, I was annoyed. I was like, no, dude. Why would, like, first of all, you're on a scooter. I think I explained this to him. I'm like, you're on a scooter. Like, you could just take my phone and go away. And he got very bristly and passive aggressive, but immediate, like, he didn't even, like, try to, no, 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 man. I'm, I'm, I swear to God, he just, like, shut down immediately and scooted off. Yep. That's... Which leads me to believe that he was looking to steal someone's yep. phone. Yep. No. You, you were You're like, right. I try to be nice. You know, I try to, right. I try to help people. Yeah, but you know what? I don't. Yeah, but I, I mean, I think in that case, you you did the exact right thing. And and I would, I would say this as a rule of thumb about life: don't do things that are going to adversely impact your evening. So, like, it's one thing if something yeah, happens, happens that happens as you're walking into a game, like right. By the but way, I mean, like my, it's one my thing if your credit you know, cards and stuff are in there. Driving to a game or something and you get hit by a car. I mean, that just happens. It's unfortunate. Um, but like that's out of your control. This was in your control. And imagine if he scoots off. Now you got to what? Go file a police report like your evening yeah. is ruined. So, and, yeah. And don't the biggest difference, like a flip phone. If someone yourself. steals your flip phone 20 years ago, yeah. it's not really that big of a deal. Like it sucks, but. It's not your whole life. It's right. not your. It's not a computer in your hand. And in, in this case, you know, both of us, my wife and I, we usually keep all of our credit cards oh. and like ID and stuff in the in the oh, phone yeah. case. No, you're right. So you, you know, think about all right. I gotta t- now. I gotta take the phone out. Keep mm-hmm. keep the credit cards in my hand and my ID mm-hmm. and stuff. And no, dude, go away. Buzz <laughs> off. Don't ask that question. There's a million coffee shops. Go, go to a freaking coffee shop. That sounds so, that sounds like like he was 100 percent trying to take the phone. All right, so that's who gets it, who doesn't, who doesn't get it. Random people asking to I'm proud of borrow you. your phone. Very proud of you. I'm, I'm proud of you. On the streets. People uh, overrated. <laughs> Jub would just rather not interact ever with people. I'm just thinking uh, no one. Declan also would uh, rather not interact with spell check. Nope. As he puts the Jim Polad banner back wow. up here. Mackie and Judd. Poor Declan. <laughs> it's early. Uh, yeah, we're, you guys are accommodating my travel schedule here today. I appreciate that. It's an unnecessary shot at Declan's spelling. No, it's completely rational. Um, so we decided to carve out an extra space in who gets it, who doesn't today for the owner of the Minnesota Twins, Jim Polad. 
Judd took a screenshot here, took an old school picture of the Charlie <laughs> Walters weekly insider piece on TwinCities.com. This is actually from the Pioneer Press, hard copy of the newspaper. All right. Yeah. I'm just going to read this. You stop me however you want and as many times as you want. Okay. <laughs> now, mind you, this was the most disappointing season relative to everyone's expectations, the team's expectations, the fans' expectations, the media's expectations, all of it, right? And they lost 89 games and were out of it three weeks in. They were, the season was just over three weeks in. Mm-hmm. And here's what the always inspiring Jim Polad had to say about it. Chatting with Jim Polad last week, I asked the Twins owner to grade his top two baseball operation executives, Derek Falvey and Thad Levine, and manager Rocco Baldelli. So all three of them, the triangle of authority of Twins baseball. Quote, I'll grade them all A+, Polad said. I'm going to read that again. I'd grade them all A+, Jim Polad said. I'm not even going to stop you there. I'm going to allow you to fire up some more of those this fire that Jim Paul had showed. For sure. I mean, I'm 100% on that with them. Polad emphasized their effort. Derek and Thad, this is a quote. Derek and Thad and their group, they tried things. <laughs> what? what? Yeah. What were they like experimenting <laughs> with things that we should know about? Know is that why the ba- is that why the bad decisions were made? I mean, I is this like uh, an after school special back in the day? The quote continues: Some relievers didn't click in the middle of the season, hmm. but they tried. <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> what does that even mean? Shooters, dude, shooter. I love him. Shooter laid out these quotes, and then like I'm just gonna I'm gonna read. So this is Shooter's voice now. The, tw- the Twins tried, he uses the word tried, the Twins tried 59 players this season. Entering the year, Polad had high expectations for the club. Quote from Polad, we expected to compete and wanted to. We're really disappointed we didn't do either of those. So what happened? Quote, it was a shocker to everyone. I'm no investigator that I can determine the exact cause. I'm just one of, it's just one of those things in baseball where everything possible went wrong on the field. And then we had adversity off the field, civil unrest in downtown Minneapolis, the loss of an assistant coach, Mike Bell. I'm not blaming that or using it as an excuse, but the effect of that, he was beloved by the players. It's a a significant loss. Okay, the civil unrest thing really bothers me because, one, in the course of— two years ago. No, it, it was in April when when the oh, the second when round. I got the you. cops shot the kid. I think in Brooklyn Park, but the civil unrest thing to me. Okay, the whole country deals with civil and in the course of a baseball season, that was how long? Like if there was unrest, a week and a half. Is that why you're losing in like early June well, and July? I guess. And like if you're gonna like, go this route, if you're gonna go, if you're gonna go this route, which Jim won't do, then tell the truth. Say. We had a fracture in our clubhouse because our shortstop turned out to be a nut job. Well, that, like, yeah, I mean, if that's the like, case. Bring that up. Don't bring up civil. I mean, we're trying to blame this on, you know, these these guys were paid millions and are professional athletes. Well, they just, how could they go on? Come on. So how will the Twins rebuild? Quote from Polad. We're not going to rebuild. That's not a rebuilding thing. We're going to be good next year. And Shooter says, how? <laughs> And Polad says, well, that's up to Derek and Thad and the staff. 
I think they feel the need to enhance the team and maybe guard against misfortune. That sounds like a great f- fortune cookie little insert, right? It, it's you're, go- this- you're, you're going to enhance yourself and guard against misfortune. It's at this point that that Jim Polad should call up Glenn Taylor across the street and say, thank you so much for being incompetent because it's the only thing saving me Dude. from getting torn apart in this town. And Glenn, Glenn is one of the worst owners in the history of professional sports. Jim Polad, it's tough because the Twins have put a bunch, like Terry Ryan was, was a good enough GM for 10 years to put a bunch of division yeah. winners out there. And Derek and Thad got off to a really good start and put a jolt into this franchise. But almost every move they've made over the last year and a half or so has been a failure. Um, anyways, continuing on. Yeah, so Don't th- stop so now. I think they feel the need to enhance the team and maybe guard against misfortune. Uh, so are there going to be major changes? Quote. No, I don't think there's any major changes. I don't know of. I don't know of any. I'm the owner of the team. I don't. Uh, I don't know. I don't anymore. know what's really going to happen. What's here. happening here? Why? Um, nor do I desire any major changes. I think we're a good team. Some things just didn't go our way in any respect. Uh, and then Shooter says, "Sounds like the front office and manager are definitely are going to be back." And Polad said, "Definitely." So, I mean. Oh. Dude, he okay. is. I, listen, I'm not. I'm not saying that there should be like wholesale firings and changes at all. I just like people always rip Jim and the and the Polad family because they don't spend money with the Yankees and the Red Sox, right? Like, why don't they? Why, they're billionaires. Why don't they pull the you know pennies out of their pocket? Well, first of all, every owner is a billionaire. Most of that money is it's not sitting in like a liquid checking account. It's tied up in assets and whatnot. But everyone's a billionaire. So these teams operate within the parameters of how much money they make because there's no salary cap, and the Twins bring in a lot less revenue than those. I've never really ripped them for not spending enough. You could have that debate if you want to. It's his lack of curiosity, his lack of leadership, the fact that he's just like, well, I don't really know. He's just like he's just like dead fish owner in terms of like leadership, curiosity, and all those things. Like the Rays don't spend money. Well, they win 95 games every year, you know. The other, the other thing too is is this nonsense about we didn't get fortunate. We had too many guys hurt. We didn't get a fortunate. Okay. You had some guys hurt. But guess what happens all around pro sports? People get hurt and teams still win games. Uh Miguel Sano was a bust. He hit 30 of the most meaningless home runs I've ever seen. Max Kepler is a bust. Um, you hired Derek Falvey in particular to like stock this franchise with pitching, which should be coming out our ears at this point, And it hasn't happened. So don't give me, I, nothing frustrates me more than, well, there, there was just some misfortune here. There was some, you redid your bullpen and screwed it up beyond belief. Um, so, yeah. so, but here's, I don't expect Jim to come out and say, Rocco is on the hot seat and Falvey and Levine are next. What I do expect is far more uh, truthfulness about the disappointment of, again, the most disappointing season in this town since the 2010 Vikings. It's not close. There's nobody, there is no team with expectations that has busted like this team did. And for them to be like, well, it's just a lot of misfortune. No, <laughs> it is a lot of really bad decisions and awful play. And, and, He's like the shrug emoji did come you, to life. Did you guys did you guys see the Baldelli quote from the weekend? Yeah. The Baldelli quote from the weekend among his his uh, comments about the disappointment of the season, the one that was really telling to me was something along the lines of 
I could have been tougher on the players early on. No kidding. <laughs> How I mean, oh my oh, god, man. really? Didn't I? Well, would, would that have like? But would that have even? It's a. It's great. It's a revelation. But like, I don't think being tough on players does anything in baseball. It's um, not like a football motivational sport where we need to get a better push on the defensive line. I think what you're saying is true from from like the the micro, but I'm talking about the expectations that need to be set by the people that run the team in the macro. Like like to go back to to it, it might be cliched by now, but what's your mission statement? Like yeah, we're here to win a World Series. Exactly. Well, we're here to we're here to win a playoff game. Baldelli, you know, <laughs> uh, but I mean Baldelli's whole thing and and. It worked for two years, but it's very much live and let live. These guys are pro athletes who are going to do their job. Well, guess what? For the first time, they didn't. And when there's no pushback, there is zero accountability, which there was here. Like there is no, there is nobody held accountable. That's a real problem. So I'm not talking about flipping tables and screaming. I'm talking about what's the mission statement of accountability yeah. for four guys. I mean, Miguel Sano needs to be held accountable every day of his professional career. Yeah, I think you you actually just nailed, like, I 100% agree with the last thing you just said, which is, what are you trying to accomplish as a franchise? Mm-hmm. And if you fall woefully short of what you're trying to accomplish, what's the accountability? There's got to there's be something, right? You, you, you can't set a goal and 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 set a mission we want to win the world series that's what the yankees say and if they come up woefully short the manager gets fired whether the manager deserves it or not right like that's what happens if the yankees lose is it tonight or tomorrow uh can't remember when the tonight, tonight. tuesday night if the yankees lose tonight five hours aaron boone probably gets fired there's like a yeah. fi- i would say a 50% yeah. chance he gets fired I agree. right mm-hmm because their mission is we want to win a World Series, and if we fall woefully short, I'm not saying you should just go firing people because you know you should evaluate and whatnot. But yeah. like, what is the Twins' mission? I guess come to the ballpark and have a good time. And if it doesn't work, then the owner's going to give you the shrug emoji. Whoa. Their their, sl- their slogan with Baldelli is Twins baseball. We hope it goes well. Yeah, that's true. And the owner is the one setting. No, he is. That mission statement. This is correct. Well, we hope that we're better next year. Yes. All right. And we'll get a lot of bad luck. And you're, and you're shocked that you haven't won a playoff game in 18 years, which, by the way, the fact that that has gotten lost because people have just checked out since oh, April. Yeah. Like, it should be stamped on the freaking front of that stadium until they win one. Slogan. It's, we can't win a playoff game to save our lives. <laughs> Twin uh, baseball. Man. Dex, Welcome do we have time for a little yeah. random season recall here? Yeah, do we a little have, random okay. season recall. All right, so uh, Declan takes us back. Presented by Federated. Federated here helping business owners not only uh, set your compass, but protect against risks, things that could damage your bottom line. Uh, Fire prevention also is a big theme this month at Federated. Find out more at federatedinsurance.com. And remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. All right, we're talking twins. Let's go with the 2008 twins, baby. The 2008 Minnesota Twins finished with how many wins? I'll give you three on either side. Okay, so Judd, this was this was the first game 163 season that gets forgotten. They had back to back game 163. This is season. the one nothing loss to the White Sox when Tommy hit the home run. Is that right? Tommy took Nick Blackburn. Nick deep. Blackburn's yeah. Okay, the one nothing game. It's gonna give us that That's point. Oh, I think you should. I think, no question. You should. Your show. But how many games? 
did they win? Did they, I don't think they won 90. It's like 88. You'd have a better chance at this. You're way better at records than I am. I'm awful at final scores and records. 80 something. It's probably like. Uh, it's in the 80s. What do we have to get within? Within three. I'll give three. you within three. So you get some leeway here. I would say if we, if we say 87, I think we're pretty safe. Okay. 87? 87. Oh, Abby, I'll put this one on. Yeah! Technically 88 wins, but yeah. 88 and 75. One off. 88 and 75. Not bad. Not bad at all. Uh, who started at DH on opening day 2008 for the Minnesota Twins? Okay, so Judd, this this was a weird year. This might have been this might have been like the Joe Creedy at th- or was that oh nine? This is like the oh eight oh nine was like Creedy at was third. This the Creedy era? And they they had Rondell White in the mix as a DH and a corner outfielder. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure. Mm-hmm. DH. This is before Jim Tomey because he was with the White Sox, obviously. Yep. Morno would have been the first baseman, but then didn't he get hurt down the stretch too? He actually, he actually played um, this full season. He didn't get hurt. He played in 163. Okay. This was one of the rare times. So, so 09 was the one that he didn't play. Mm-hmm. Rondell so White, that's an interesting one. Because Creedy didn't, Creedy lasted until like June? But he was a third base, so. I'm trying to think, was Bartlett, when did they trade Bartlett? They traded, uh, that, actually that was going into the 08 season, wasn't it? When they traded, did they trade I'm Bartlett? Think, I'm just trying to think of like their whole lineup. Garza for... Delman? Delman. Oh, it was the first Delman year. Yeah. And okay. Brendan Harris. So Delman, Brent. Let's go with Rondell White. Rondell White. He was a free agent ad before the season. So he played in the outfield. Okay, so we're sniffing around here. Before, Like a free oh, agent. Oh. Sorry. Go ahead. Was it Brian Busher, Judd? Oh, they had some random ass oh dudes my, on if, that team. If that's right, that's a what a pull. Brian Busher. Great pull though. That was a great yeah, that was a fantastic pull. I've forgotten about Brian Busher. He he played quite a bit on that team. Oh, 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 when when did they get the guy who had been um with the Brewers for a long time? And I think he played some for Seattle with a weird batting stance. Jeff Cirillo? Jeff Cirillo. When was he? But I mean I Oh yeah, he was in that mix. I I might Somewhere be misplacing the year on that one. God, this was a random... Mike Lamb was in there somewhere. Oh, but that so might have been... I think... Wait, this might have been the Mike Lamb year. And then oh, and it was 09 the Joe Creedy year? But that, but that was, those guys would have played in the field. God dang it. Um, um, uh, he was a pretty prominent player in the division before coming to the Twins. So White Sox, Tigers, Royals. Royals? The Royals, maybe? Hit 101 home runs for a division rival. Hmm. And six seasons with that team. Well, Creedy hit a bunch of homers. I just don't know if he was DHing or playing third. Hmm. <laughs> so should we just go Creedy? Sure. All right, Joe Creedy. All right, we lost. Craig Monroe. Craig Monroe. Oh, with Detroit. oh I knew it. Yeah. With Detroit. <laughs> okay, because Rondo Wait. White and Craig Monroe were both yeah. corner outfielders for Detroit. I was putting you on you the track. Knew it. God yeah. dang it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Mm. Oof. Uh, Son of a... Who started the most games at third base that season for the Twins? So if that's... If that's the Creedy year, it wouldn't be Creedy because he didn't last. He did he even last the year. It's either a Creedy or a Mike Lamb situation. But I will say that Nick Punto had good years on the evens. So Nick Punto had 06, and then 07 he was bad. 08 he was good again. Okay. But it's very possible Nick Punto played more shortstop because Jason Bartlett had been traded. Okay. So like Punto was an everyday player for the Twins still in 08. And wasn't Luis Castillo still there, too? I'm pretty sure at second base. Just trying to think of who else would have been playing shortstop. Brendan Harris, I guess, would have played some games. When was um, when was Alexi Castillo around? Because he was right playing second. But he's second base, right? He played second. Yes, he played second. My guess is they probably had, like, five guys play a bunch of third base. And it's yeah. like one guy played 50 games, another guy played Brendan Harris did play third base. Mm-hmm. He did. This is a Carlos Gomez year too. Um, well, my, I mean Nick Nick Punto. I think oh wait it was the Mike Lamb year. Let's you know what, Mike Lamb. Let's go Mike Lamb. I'm cool with that. Mike Lamb played oh. the second most amount of games at third base that year. <laughs> this is a this is such a trap. A Do you want to throw game. in Punto? All right, Punto. I mean Punto did play. They a would lot. just they were. Punto was the guy where, all right, this person's our starter, and then he fails, and then Punto just comes in. And he was in, such a guardy guy. It. Yeah. He said his name earlier. Cirillo? Oh. No. Brian Busher. Oh, Brian yeah. Busher, dude. <laughs> oh, my God. Did he really start the most? He and did start a lot of games. Hey, hey yeah. it, if it's not going to compromise the segment, was this the Creedy year or the Lamb year? It was Lamb, lamb year. and Creedy didn't Creedy come to 09. Okay, that's yeah. what I'm okay. Brian Busher in the month of June that year for the Twins in 08 hit 360 slash 374 40 and was unbelievable in the month of June. Yeah. Brian Busher. He had a big year. Just just completely out of left field. Ploof yeah. before ploof. Yeah. Yeah. This was, this was the year when the when the Twins signed Mike Lamb in the offseason. Yes, I remember going on. I was I did a I hosted a weekly twin show on KFan at the time, and I went on there and just destroyed the front office for like they don't look at analytics, like they're not like what you know this guy. And uh, I got a I got a note from someone in the twins front office who I'd never communicated with before, like high up, just saying, "Hey, that's not really fair." You know, I feel felt like your criticism was like overly harsh, and we actually talked on the phone for like thirty minutes and. But I'll never forget, his explanation was, we look at analytics all the time. Like, you can't rip us for not looking at analytics. I'm like, well, what were you looking at? And he said, well, we were looking at, like, the home road splits and batting averages. And I'm like, but that's not analytics. <laughs> we bought his, fight about we bought his <laughs> baseball card at the baseball card shop. <laughs> yeah. And let me tell you right now, the back of that baseball card, super impressive. Yeah. Like, other teams are looking at, are, like, hiring people from MIT. Yeah. And no. you guys are looking at the back of the baseball card. Uh, then they brought in some people to work with the analytics a couple years later. But, all right, all one, right, one more quick one here before I get Patrick Royce hooking me off. Um, which starting pitcher led the team in ERA in 2008 for the Twins? Okay, so 08 was the year that Scott Baker almost threw a perfect game. Mm-hmm. Yes, against uh, the Royals. Liriano would have come back at, at some point, but Liriano wasn't himself again until 2010. Matt Garza was not that good. Wait, but, um, is, but is this the – if this is the – Delman, if Delman was here by then, Garza was in Tampa by then. Yep, you're right. Yep. 
So, and you said starting pitcher? Starting pitcher. So, Scott Baker is definitely the leader in the clubhouse. They did acquire yeah. Carl Pavano at some point here. Maybe that was 09. I like the Scott Baker. But he yeah. wasn't the good, so Scott Baker. Scott Baker good, yes. Scotty B. There it is, man. Yeah, he was, he, you he know what? Underrated he was not pitcher. bad. Very good. Underrated. Underrated. Bad. underrated. Underrated. I shouldn't say very good. Underrated I feel pitcher. like we he mentioned, we, the fact that we've mentioned Brian Busher at some point here is is like worth hey. a point. Oh, well, I, right? this is I feel like the, my segment. I, I don't know. I feel like this was an incredibly <laughs> tough one, though. Like, you're asking about third yeah. base in particular. I thought this like team. Who led the team in yeah. home runs? What's I random mean, season recall? But this used to be like a feel-good segment. where Well, yeah, then we'd start dominating, and now Declan has to dig deeper. Declan's counter and now yeah. it's like, what was the exact attendance for 2018? <laughs> Where did they rank in MLB? Within five people. Within five people. <laughs> Where did they rank in MLB? And what was their gate receipts for the month of June? <laughs> so there it is. Random season recall here on Mackie and Judd. Daily Minnesota Sports Entertainment. We just want titles. So thank you to the Wolves in the Wild for impressing us and uh, keeping our attention during preseason games. You're all we have, really. Uh, Alex Boone is going to be with you guys on Purple Daily today. Uh, Realistic Randy on Purple After Dark tonight. So we got you guys covered here. Whether it's therapy or entertainment you seek, we are here for you. Thanks for hanging out. Mackie and Judd. At the Home Depot, we have the tools for you to give the gift of a smarter home with savings on top brands like the Google Hub, a command center for your smart devices that raises the IQ of your entire home. Or the Nest Learning Thermostat that helps you conserve energy and save on your bill. And if you don't know what to get, gift cards are a smart gift no matter what they get. So this year, gift smarter with savings on tools to make your holiday magic. The Home Depot. How doers get more done. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.